Hey everyone, it's the Monty Man, and you are about to take part in the experience, the strength, and the hope of this episode of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Do not freak out. Do not freak out. Do not freak out. Do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Do not freak out. Three, two, one. Zero. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Come here for a minute. I want to talk to you. Mama says you're brain dead. Bang your head against the wall. Peace of mind, brain needs an overhaul. Bonehead, brain dead, we're all the same. You can't think straight when your heart is in pain. Turn around, hit the ground, time to lay your burden down. The views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Monty Man. That's right. We're all the same. Is the name of the game. Turn around, hit the ground. Time to lay your burden down. Welcome to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. I am your host, the Monty Man, and we are broadcasting from the studios of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting on the outskirts of beautiful downtown Albany, Oregon. And uh, Margie is here. Hello. Hi, good morning. Yes, and there is Marv. Wave, Marv. What? Wave. Wave. You got to oh, wave. wave. Yeah. All, Hi, guys. For all those YouTube guys and gals that are watching on YouTube, and there's Dave Fleming. Hey, Otherwise Dave. Known as vid. The vid. Hey, I got to ask you. Um, I'm going to readjust this Uh-oh. a little bit. You know, I, I almost feel like a, 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 a kind of an episode of Cheers, you know, where <laughs> Norm walks in, right? Instead of Norm, it's Vern. <laughs> I got to ask you because uh, we we did a show with uh, Ezekiel on Saturday. Yeah, why is he called Summertime Santa? <laughs> because, jeez, uh, oh, there was a uh, you know uh, at TC they 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 sell Christmas trees and they right. do you know they go out and they dress up and yeah stand on the corner and try to get you know people in you know they wave in the sign or whatever. And it was just one of those things that, um, you know, it was, it was, I think they were having some kind of a sale. I don't remember the exact sure. thing that was going on, but it had to do with Christmas <clears throat> and it was warm out and I said, yeah, I should get out there with, you know, some shorts and we'll call you some sunglasses and we'll call you summertime Santa. So that was, kind and of it that, stuck, you know, I love it. Yeah, so, I, I love it. You know, because you, you you ever watch the cartoons, right? Yeah. 
of the of you know Chris Kringle and Santa Claus, all the animated right, stuff. Right, right. Well, in the summertime, he's like skinny, right? Yes. And he's got these huge pants on with the suspenders. With the suspenders, but yeah. But he's super skinny, you know. Yeah. And so that whatever picture came in my mind, right. I said, you know. Speaking of speaking of uh, of skinny, and I'm I'm certainly not there yet at all, but I'm uh, like day nine now of eating properly. Very good. So, uh, listeners, you're going to go on this journey with me. Uh, boy, talk about being held accountable. <laughs> you got 155,000 registered listeners holding you accountable. You better stick to it. Uh, so, st- what, what's the so what, what's the uh, what's the plan? Encouragement. I mean, what are, what do you want our listeners to do for you? Uh, this, pray for me. <laughs> is this a wine? No, this isn't a wine. <laughs> it could be a wine, though. It could be a wine. Tune in next week. Yeah. So I went. I went to. Uh, I went to uh, Trader Joe's. I've never been to Trader Joe's before. Um, and uh, I was like a kid in a candy store. You know, well, I can't have candy, but I was at Trader Joe's and I bought Ezekiel bread, as recommended by our friend Ezekiel Hill. Uh, that stuff is really good, but it yeah. isn't made with flour. It's made with um, stuff that is already sprouted, sprouted grains, it's sprouted grains, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I mean, no sugar. The carbs are really low. Uh, yeah, not bad. It's so, uh, it's really good. You can try the different. They've got different different kinds, different kinds of yeah. different types. I think they've even got English muffins now. The best, uh huh. The best way that I like to eat Ezekiel bread, yeah, is uh, instead of butter, I use coconut oil. So you spread it on just like you would butter, right? And then you take an avocado and you slice up an avocado and put that, which is the good fat, slice on yeah. on uh, on top of that. Oh, it's the bomb. Mm, yum. So I started doing the um, the uh, apple cider vinegar, you know, the raw apple cider mm-hmm. vinegar. Uh, you know, it, it's like a tablespoon in, in water. And um, is it working? Hard to swallow, though, huh? Well, it's it's just it, it's kind of it's kind of sour, kind of. It just makes you pucker. That's that's all I got to say. But it, no, it's fine, and it, I, it helps build good cultures in your stomach, so you can digest your food better and and all that kind of stuff. So and people put it in wa- put water in it, or maybe some lemon juice. Oh, I do. I yeah, I water it down. That's for sure. But anyway, there there you go. There. Um, so anyway, the topic for this this week is uh, is part two of how it works is still how it works. However, we're going to look at how it works in Narcotics Anonymous. And um, I told you last week that we would tell you what the main difference between Alcoholics Anonymous, how it works, and and Narcotics Anonymous, how it works, which we will get to that here in just a minute. But before we do, we have to go here, Stop right? right there. It's time for Monty Man's Weekly Wine. Yes, indeed. This is a part of the show where the Monty Man whines about something he is totally powerless over and can do nothing about, but just likes to whine. All right, that music in the background. Anybody recognize it? I do, but I can't think of where it's from. So I don't know if any of you have watched uh, the series Downton Abbey. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. So um, my complaint... Um, is not so much with Downton Abbey because I, actually the people that don't love Downton Abbey are people that have never watched Downton Abbey. Um, Marv, do you know what Downton Abbey is? Have yeah. any idea? 
Oh yeah. Oh, do you? Okay. Did yeah. you ever watch? Did you watch any of it? I used to. Yeah. Off and on. Yeah. yeah. So we just started <clears throat> binge watching it. My wife and I on Amazon Prime. Um, and just for the listeners' sake, the series is set in the fictional Yorkshire County estate of Downton Abbey between 1912 and 1926. It depicts the lives of the aristocratic Crawley family and their domestic servants, with some of the greatest events in history having an effect on their lives. Events depicted throughout the series include news of the sinking of the Titanic, the outbreak of the First World War, the Spanish influenza pandemic, and the Irish War of Independence. The sixth and final series introduces the rise of the working class. Um, This show has just won tons of awards. Hugh Bonneville plays Robert Crowley, the Earl of Grantham. And Maggie Smith is Robert Crowley's mother, Violet. She's best known for her role in Harry Potter. Um, She was uh, Minerva, the transfiguration professor of Hogwarts School of Wizardry. She's amazing in this this show. Um, But my wine is this. They're killing off people that are main characters, and it's driving me crazy. It's like, no, because usually when you have a miniseries, they'll kill somebody off of importance, right? But they won't keep killing off the main folks, and my wife and I are very unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that, I, that, I, that I'm disturbed about is miniseries in general, you have – especially with the onslaught of things like Netflix and Amazon Primes, particularly Netflix, they'll do one season or two of something and it'll be really good and then they stop. And you never hear from them again. That's true. That drives me crazy. Right. Yeah. Or, or they do that where they split the season up. Yeah. Yeah, they'll do three. This is crazy. Yeah, they'll do, do like five episodes. Five and episodes, and come back in eight months and see the other half, and like mm-hmm. by they, then you're doing something else. One of my favorite uh, series was uh, Suits on on TV, and they would do like six episodes, and then you had to wait a year, and then they didn't only do six more episodes. So there's my wine. I can't do anything about it. Years ago, I probably would have drank over it. Well, you know, it's, it's <laughs> believe it or not, it's limited, right? It's it's a it's limited to a specific time frame, right? So right. Eventually, yeah, all the characters are going to die off. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Downton Abbey could go on forever, and I would, uh, I would, I would watch it. Someone, just... someone can discover time travel, and then you can like <laughs> in, kind of indefinitely, right? Did I give you one of these? Or does that Doctor oh, Who? Okay. Oh, Doctor Who. Yeah, the flying phone booth. Um, oh, well. All right, that does it for my weekly wine. Not that much to whine about. <sighs> so where's the win? Downton Abbey. The win is Downton Abbey. Um, I really enjoy it. All right, we'll be back right after this with the topic. How it I works. I never missed a day of work. I wasn't living under a bridge. I wasn't using needles. But I'm lying to my family. I'm lying to my friends. I'm lying to myself. I tried talking to my doctor. I tried therapy. I couldn't stop. Then I found a safe place, Narcotics Anonymous. And I stopped using drugs and got clean. I stopped. I stopped. You can stop too. For general information or meetings in your area, check your local newspaper or visit na.org. 
Hey, check it out. The best in recovery talk and positive music radio is now available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, and Podomatic. Simply visit any of these platforms and search for Take 12 Recovery Radio. Listen and download hundreds of our shows for fun and for free. Also available at Take12Radio.com. Hi, this is Laura C., and you've tuned in to Take12Radio.com on your internet dial, the home of recovery, talk radio, and positive music. Better turn my microphone on. Welcome back to the show. This is the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show at Take12Radio.com on your internet dial. And, uh, yeah, thanks to Cameron there with a the little uh, announcement about all the different podcast platforms that we're on. Uh, so you can listen on any of your favorite ones. We're, we're on all the uh, the mainstream platforms now. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So we're going to talk about uh, how it works and still how it works in Narcotics Anonymous. Um, before I do that, though, I thought this was interesting. This is the question that was asked. What drugs have you done? What drugs have you done? Listen very carefully to some of the remarks to this. I'm sorry? Drugs? What's considered a drug? Prescribed? Illegal. Do you want a list? If you're comfortable. I'm not going to incriminate myself on the internet. I know better than that. I can't tell you! Uh, I'm not, I'm not talking about <laughs> illegal things, but I haven't done any illegal drugs. I know I'm lame. I'm pretty boring. I'm pretty boring. I'm afraid of losing control. <laughs> uh, it's easier to tell you what I haven't done. I haven't done ayahuasca. I've only done meth a couple times accidentally. I've done this really crazy one. Um, not many people have heard of it. It's called Claritin. I don't think epidural counts. Alcohol. Ever. That's it. Alcohol only. Alcohol. I guess alcohol is considered a drug. Alcohol, which isn't a drug, but then marijuana. I've done marijuana. Done it. I don't know. Smoked it. <laughs> Just marijuana. 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 Just weed. 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 I smoked weed like a couple times. I am a regular weed smoker. I smoke weed every day. <laughs> I'm a little stoned. Oh yeah, always. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> edibles, just weed. I misgaged the strength of edibles before. I mean, maybe like three or four of them. Big mistake. I completely forgot that it was an edible. And what happened? All of a sudden, I couldn't stop smiling, and my heart started beating super fast. The room is spinning, and I'm convinced I'm gonna die. I was throwing up all night. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Did you catch the one? I used methamphetamine once accidentally. <laughs> yeah. How, <laughs> How does that happen? Well, I'm not sure. I guess there are a number of ways that could oh, yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, Someone could have put some in your weed when you were smoking it and didn't tell you. Perhaps. Or, or other things. Yeah. Cigarettes. <laughs> what else? You know, there's all kinds of things you can... Uh, well, at least he didn't say I was shooting it up accidentally. Uh, uh, I, I had someone odd. tell me they accidentally uh, ate some uh, cookies. Oh, Alice B. Tuckless marijuana cookies? No, there's like family reunion on the table cookies yeah. that no one like labeled. That were laced that was with a, pot? That was a story anyway. Oh, yeah. By well, the time I had two of them, it was too late. Well, there and there's. That's what he said. It, it is. Was it you? What? 
That's what he said. Was it you? No. It was, oh. that's what he said. Oh, okay. No, I haven't. I haven't used any. Drugs well, I thought maybe in, in the early over days, fifteen you, you years, picked up a brownie or two. <laughs> yeah, I don't. We I, didn't have that. I mean, I guess I didn't even think about those kind of things back back in the day. Very few people were even doing putting it in food back when I was active. No, we were. That was back when you know you can get you know two joints for for a buck. Yeah. You can't anymore. <laughs> it's been so long. I don't know. I guess you can go down to the local corner store now and do that just about anywhere here in Oregon. Yeah. In California right. as well, I guess. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. And so the edible thing's interesting because I was talking to Brandon Tafala, uh, the uh, life uh, student life coordinator out at Adult and Teen Challenge. And that was his main thing was, was marijuana, you know. And I said, what's the deal with edibles? And he goes, oh, baby. <laughs> I go, are, are they strong? And he goes, oh, man, I guess they really, really Well, yeah, you think punch. about it, you're concentrating right? the drug when you cook it. So <laughs> Plus, you're putting more in it than you would if you were just right? to smoke a little bit. And then, the, then there was the one guy that said uh, alcohol is a drug, and then the guy around the right in the heels, well, alcohol is not a drug. Um, alcohol is a, <laughs> a drug, period, right? Uh, so, so interesting stuff, but... Uh, yeah, so um, in uh, how it works in the basic text of Narcotics Anonymous, uh, I'm going to read the first paragraph, and then I've asked uh, uh, Margie to um, to read they actually read the twelve steps, go through the twelve steps, and then um, I'll I'll pick it up after that. Um, and uh, in in this, we'll see the major difference between Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, uh, and then we'll talk about it. Um, so, Margie, go, go ahead and read, uh, as soon as I read this first paragraph, read the steps for me. So it says, if you want what we have to offer. So it's starting off, just like in AA, it, it, it's conditional. <clears throat> if you want what we have and are willing to go any <clears throat> lengths to get it. Well, this says, if you want what we have to offer – and are willing to make the effort to get it. So it's semantics, right? But it's pretty much saying the same thing. Then you are ready to take certain steps. These are the principles that made our recovery possible. Go ahead, um, Margie. One, we admitted that we were powerless over our addiction, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, we humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, we made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. We continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious con contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to addicts, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Very well read. Thank you. Uh, then it continues to say, this sounds like a big order, and we can't do it all at once. We didn't become addicted in one day, 
So remember, easy does it. Maybe not. But <laughs> some, do it. <laughs> some some people will be addicted in one day. Um, but you understand the sentiment behind it. Uh, there is one thing, one thing more than anything else that will defeat us in our recovery. This is such an important statement. This is an attitude of indifference or intolerance towards spiritual principles. What are the spiritual principles they're talking mm. about? Margie just read them. Yeah. So, so it, it's an attitude of indifference or intolerance towards that lineup of those steps. Again, like we talked about last week, you know, working a program is actually following the directions, not just going to meetings and drinking bad coffee, right? And so if you have an attitude of indifference or intolerance towards these, it is going to defeat you in your recovery. And then it says three of these. Now, these are important. These are like the mainstay in Narcotics Anonymous. Three of these, what, spiritual principles um, are, are, that are indispensable are honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. Honesty about what? Open-mindedness about what? Willingness about what? So we'll talk about that in a minute. With these, we are well on our way. We feel that our approach to the disease of addiction, and so in AA as well as NA, we are referring to alcoholism or, in this case, narcotic or drug addiction as a disease, is completely realistic for the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel, and I would wholeheartedly agree with that. We feel that our way is practical, for one addict can best understand and help another addict. We believe that the sooner we face our problems within our society, in everyday living, just that much faster do we become acceptable, responsible, and productive members of that society. The only way to keep from returning to active addiction is not to take that first drug. If you are like us, you know that one is too many and a thousand never enough. We put great emphasis on this, for we know that when we use drugs in any form or substitute one for another, we release our addiction all over again. Thinking of alcohol as different from other drugs has caused a great many addicts to relapse. Before we came to N.A., many of us reviewed alcohol separately, but we cannot afford to be confused about this. Alcohol is a drug. We are people with the disease of addiction who must abstain from all drugs in order to recover. And in that, that last paragraph describes the main difference between Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. Um, so AA helped start NA in 1953. And by giving NA's founding members permission to adapt their traditions and steps, the primary difference between the two programs is that AA's focus is on alcohol and alcoholism, whereas NA's focus is recovery from addiction. In NA, we believe that the use of drugs, including alcohol, is but a symptom of the disease of addiction. So NA is all-inclusive, recognizing all drugs. Alcoholics Anonymous is primarily looking at alcohol and alcoholism. Now, I will say, however, that's the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and the program of Narcotics Anonymous, not necessarily the fellowship, because there are very few pure alcoholics anymore. We have a lot of people 
um, working the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that never took a drink, but were using meth and, and opiates and, and was addicted to marijuana, right? Uh, some of them uh, were cross-using. They were using alcohol. They were using narcotics. Um, and so we have a lot of people going to AA and working those steps, and we have a lot of alcoholics that are going to NA and working those steps. Uh, so there is a cross-pollination, if you will, of the two fellowships uh, in many parts of our country, uh, definitely here in the Corvallis area and the Albany area. Um, but the primary, the primary difference here is one is, is speaking primarily about alcoholism and one speaking about um, drugs in general. One of the things that is confusing for a lot of people <clears throat> and, and, and it's it's in our terminologies. When we talk, even it, it's kind of uh, what would you say? Um, it's repetitive. You know, it's we refer to alcohol and drugs. That statement, alcohol and drugs, is kind of like saying Boda bag. Boda means bag. <laughs> or I drove down the El Camino. Well, El Camino means the Camino. That's like saying I drove down the the Camino. <laughs> alcohol and drugs. Really, it's alcohol is a drug. Um. And so Narcotics Anonymous recognizes that. So does Alcoholics Anonymous as far as the program goes because it talks about, uh, in, in, in one of the doctor's letters, it talks about alcoholism being an addiction, right? But many times members of AA don't recognize alcohol as actually a drug. They say, we talk about alcohol only here, not drugs. Well, <laughs> alcohol is a drug. And by the way... If you are addicted to alcohol, right, you are a drug addict. Sorry, but you are, right? But that's that's kind of the main difference. There's another difference that's interesting, um, too, that maybe that's a little more subtle. In Alcoholics Anonymous literature, there is much more of a focus on a monotheistic God than there is in Narcotics Anonymous. Narcotics Anonymous is much more, the fellowship, is much more uh, open to he, she, them, it kind of thing. Not saying that AA isn't as far as higher power goes. But in the program, in the literature, it's very monotheistic about who God is. In Narcotics Anonymous, not so much. Narcotics Anonymous really promotes the idea, remove the narcotics from the addict and all will be well. In Alcoholics Anonymous, however, there is much more of an emphasis on uh, that's not all we need to do. We need to develop a relationship with God as well. Uh, but it depends on where you meet. I mean, I've been to NA meetings in Los Angeles that were much more uh, spiritual, much more God-centered than ones up here. I've been to AA meetings in Los Angeles that were crazy town, Right. Uh, I, I mean, it just kind of depends on the terrain and where you go. The thing is, though, how it works is still how it works in both programs, and that's lined out in the steps. All right. Let's open it up for comment. I, I, I think Hollywood and, and the news media is kind of uh, – what, what's the word I want to use? Uh, kind of shaped the fellowship, if you will, because mm. typically, you know – Alcohol is kind of uh, portrayed as more professional. You know, it's a 
uh, people that are in business or it, you know what I mean? Right. It's it's more uh, encouraged or accepted where you know you look at drug addict, right? Mm-hmm. You get some some homeless guy living skid on row. the street, skid yeah. row, someone sticking a needle in their arm, living under a bridge, doing anything and everything, prostituting, you know, whatever it is, is this you know low life. That's the way it's kind of portrayed, or it has been in the past, and so I think that's where that some of that separation is. And I know uh, we talk about fellowship. A lot of times, the people that I uh, that I've uh, that I've associated with, you know, sometimes I go to a meeting because, you know, I've got so much time and I want to get in, I want to do a meeting, I want to get out where an alcoholic anonymous is usually kind of that way, right? Where NA is more of a fellowship where everybody's kind of getting together and hanging out. And sometimes an NA meeting can last two hours. I mean, I've been yeah, to meetings I've been that, to those. that yeah. last two hours. Yeah. Because you have a, basically you have a smoke break in the middle of it. You know, and so some people are okay with that. Other people don't don't like that. And so I think that's where some of that uh, that mix gets. You know, to get that the you know, the true drug addicts are going to Alcoholics Anonymous. Maybe they didn't have any issue with alcohol, right. or they didn't drink alcohol, right? Um, or you know, whatever the person is. There's more professionals that have come out over the years that are drug addicts. You know, sure. That hold it together for the most part, or for most of the time, and then so they're more geared towards that. Yeah, the, you know, the fellowship of a, of AA. Because um, I never thought I was an uh, <clears throat> had a problem with, with, with alcohol? drugs and alcohol for twenty five years. Yeah, you know, I think I smoked meth for if I added it all together ten years. You know, and I had always had a job and place to live and family, and you know, um. The quality wasn't all that great, but at least, you know, it looked like I was doing okay. So I didn't, you know, I, I couldn't relate to the the, the the alcoholic or the person laying you mm-hmm. know, in the street. Because mm-hmm. that's where my mind went to, is, is an alcoholic or an addict is someone that you just can't can't keep it together and, and uh, can't. Which is interesting because because that is that is the sentiment by a lot of people that are not alcoholic right. about alcoholics. Right. Right. A lot of people will say, well, I always and people that are new in AA will even say it. Well, I always thought that an alcoholic was the guy with the brown paper bag under the bridge. Or in the, you know, the doorway. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting. Our, our possessions, uh, and a lot of that, like I said, comes from what the the media and, and Hollywood portrays. So, is, so, 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 Margie, was alcohol your only thing? Um, it was my main drug of choice. Yeah, but I also abused uh, opiates and marijuana, and I guess that's about it. But, but, um, you know, I would always eventually um, end up with my. Back with my drug of choice, alcohol, because that that was my thing was mm-hmm. alcohol. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Marv, you kind of come from an alcohol only kind of guy, right? You weren't shooting up Pretty dope, much. and no. yeah, yeah. So alcohol right. was. Well, how do you feel about this 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 cross pollination thing in the meetings these well, days? I'll, I'll tell you, I'm kind of going along with what Dave said. Um, Maybe even a little stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been my experience in AA as I uh, 
observed that um, it's interesting to me a couple of things. Number one, um, the idea of living under the bridge and and sleeping under somebody's bush and, and looking for that fix is different in a sense from alcoholics because the majority of addiction, uh, drug addiction is more, uh, is, um, more vast that live that lifestyle where the alcoholic, it looks like to me, the majority of them still have a job. They're still driving a car, uh, for all intent and purposes, like Dave said, they look good. Mm-hmm. And, and so the somatics to me are important because I really believe those different schools of thought, the yeah. big argument about al- alcohol and drugs comes from that, not because of what mm. the books say, right? but it's just this idea, uh, a whole culture difference. Yeah, and I think you're right. right. And yeah. how many drug addicts, um, I can't count them on both hands, have come to meetings and they say out loud, uh, I, I'm an addict, but I like Alcoholic Anonymous meetings better than I do NA. And why do you think that is, Marv? What's your, I have my idea. What do you think? Well, part of my idea anyway, and I haven't thought about this a lot, is the idea of this uh, oh, one God. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the focus of the spirituality, um, and, you know, and I may be completely wrong. Sure. You know, but that's what I've experienced and what I've seen. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you, what do you think, uh, Margie? Do you, do you think, have you experienced that, that there are people that are narcotic addicted that attend AA that prefer AA over NA? Have you heard that too? Yes, I have actually. And, I actually um, uh, know of uh, one young lady who um, I was outside and she drove up and she said, I'm an addict. Can I come into your meeting? I said, Mm -hmm. yes, of course. And uh, her addiction, her main addiction was um, marijuana. And um, but she stayed. She came to our meeting and she she'll have six months here at the end of the month. And um, good deal. Yeah. And she just. I found a home with um, Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, uh, it worked for her. It's been working for her, and yeah, um, yeah. I think I think Mar's right. I think it's the spirituality, and um, you know, we're focused on our higher power, which for me is God, and I think for most of the people in the program, it's God. I can't speak for everybody, but um, yeah, I think it's just I've been to some Narcotics Anonymous meetings with with uh, my roommate. Um, and they're not bad. Absolutely not. They're just different. And, um, anyway, I, yeah, I do know people that specifically come to Alcoholics sure. Anonymous instead. David, do you have a different take on that? <laughs> because you're, I, you're, I have you're, a similar and a, I have a different take on it. And I, and I'm my, my, one of my sponsors is talking in my head right now. Uh huh. Um, the, I don't believe there's a there's a difference with the higher power. I mean, I know there's probably just as many people that believe in you know as, a monotheistic God yeah. in NA as there is in AA. It's just I think there's more 
um, people that are um, any, I think sometimes is more along the lines of what we call that, you know, that spiritual kindergarten. I, I think there's a lot more people in there that are, that are searching. And I think there's a lot more people that have experienced uh, much more trauma. Mm. It's just my, my personal experience, experience my yeah. professional opinion. Um, Cause you're from, you're from back East or East. North, uh, I'm Northeast actually from California. Let's, okay. Let's get it straight. All right. That's where you're from. We originally. moved to we moved Minnesota, Minnesota, which is the right. Midwest. Right in '94, right. and we stayed there for about 22 years, and that's where I got into the, you know, uh, got into recovery and had my spiritual awakening. And you know, we we lovingly call Minnesota uh, the land of 10,000 treatment centers. Um, not necessarily <laughs> a bad thing, but it's that I, I I embrace that because it's like there is like so much. Uh, to me, there's so much more recovery mm-hmm. um, opportunities in in uh, Minnesota. In Minnesota, uh, by my in my experience, um, but I've and I when I started the first two years of my recovery, I was at meetings every day, and so mm-hmm. I can't go to AA and I can't go to NA every day. So I've I've had to go to just about every meeting there is, right? Um, just to to see what else, what all the other meetings are like what they talk about sure um the fellowship and everything like that and it's pretty much it's the same it's just the numbers are different you know sometimes a little bit of attitude is a little different but it's it's the fellowship um it's the way society kind of interprets Mm -hmm. uh, the fellowship and Mm -hmm. so then the people that are in the fellowship kind of gravitate towards um each that they feel like they fit in at the time right um, my, and when I say my sponsor's talking my head, he told me that, um, it's important that, or we're obligated for as people in long-term recovery to make sure that we go to NA meetings because there's probably less longevity in NA meetings than there is in, in AA. And that's, I think typically that becomes, even as addicts, uh, you mature, right? And so right. we want to go to a meeting. We want to just get in. Sometimes it's we have lunch break or whatever. We want to get in there and go to our meeting and get out. Um, and I, any, I think for me, I think I feel like it's it's more. There's more. Um, I don't know if I want to call it fun. Um, but it's a different. If it's a different take, when I go to meetings. Um, I get something different from from NA. I felt like when I went to a, NA meetings in the beginning, it, I got the missing piece, and it could have been just the meetings that I attended. But when somebody comes up and you know gives me a hug as I walk in the door and, and welcomes me, and that's somebody that you know, the first guy that I <laughs> I remember that like caught me off guard was this guy that was like six foot eight, mm-hmm. you know, and probably three hundred fifty mm-hmm. pounds, a uh, biker guy. Um, you know, gives me a big hug, tells me he loves me, and I'm just like, where am I? Like, what is this? And then when I when I started collecting my chips, you know, I people like line. There was people like lined up to talk about, you know, you said something in a meeting one time, and this helped me, and 
you know, I was where you were at and just all kinds of different things to build me up and give me a hug and tell me that I matter. And that's what I needed in early in recovery. I think in everyone needs to get that pat on the back and say, you know what? You matter. Um, and thank you for being here. Thank you for, for helping and you're doing a good job. And we don't, when we did, when we get those things at work, we talk about it, right? I got this promotion. I got this, you know, uh, award or whatever. Um, but I think everybody needs that pat on the back and told that they're doing a good job and that they matter. And we don't get that enough in our day to day life. And so for me, that's where I got that, um, was in, was in an NA meeting. I didn't get that in an AA meeting. So it's interesting because I, I went to, uh, I went to the, um, the World Convention of Narcotics Anonymous. I mean, was it two thousand one, maybe something like that. Anyway, it was it was in San Diego, California, and um, I, and I've been to the World Convention of Alcoholics Anonymous in San Antonio, Texas. Um, there were a lot of similarities, right? The numbers of people. I mean, that's one of them. I just, just thousands and thousands and thousands of people uh, who would normally not mix in in both uh, of the conventions. Um, but I was at this. I was at this. Um, they they had this concert at the Narcotics Anonymous World Convention with a guy named Dr. Bob, who uh, is uh, he's a blues jazz guy, right? And he stood up um, in front of everybody and just bashed Alcoholics Anonymous. Stood up there and said, "Those guys are losers. What a bunch of blankety." I mean, the cuss words that were coming out of his mouth. You know, we, we we in Narcotics Anonymous, we believe in having a good time. Those guys are a bunch of losers and they're MF this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking to myself, dude, this this is – we're in the years 2000 here. There's a lot of people at this convention that are also, you know, people that attend Alcoholics Anonymous. <clears throat> and you're throwing them under the bus. I could not believe my ear. I walked out. I was like, I'm, I don't, why should I listen to this guy's music? Yeah, it's not right. It, 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 it isn't right. I have that, to huh? that, that happens on both sides of the track. And I was just going right, to I was right. just going to say I have heard that not on like a world-class level like that because I I didn't hear that at the San Antonio AA convention, but but I have heard it at meeting level. I've had heard people in Alcoholics Anonymous just thrash people in narcotics anonymous and i and i'm i'm like my gosh to a large degree aren't we on the same side we're trying to become here it says in in how it works in na it says we believe that the sooner we face our problems within our society in everyday living just that much faster do we become acceptable responsible and productive members of that society the whole idea in aa and na or one of the ideas is to learn how to become a productive member of society. Why can't we work together? The steps are the same, right? Well, you know what it is all yeah. boils down to. It's just about, you know, it's, it's people, you know. Uh, personalities have kind of taken hold in a lot of places, mm. and it needs to get back to the principles instead of, you know, versus personalities. And, and we and we we say that in both groups we yeah. say principles of <clears throat> personalities, but do we live by that? Well, yeah, that's. I mean, and who it, it gets? We it need gets, to start doing that, doing something different. Then it gets glib. 
yeah. after a while. Yeah. You know, I was just sitting here. Th- and by the way, I want to clarify something. Mm-hmm. By what I said earlier, I'm not saying what's right or wrong. Sure. I'm not saying right. one way's right and one way's yeah, wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I've very, the very beginning when I started noticing uh, drug ad- addicted people coming into AA, I accepted that. Right. And, and that don't make me this good guy or saint or anything. I'm just saying that there's no right or wrong about it because obviously, uh, and I told you before the show started, I don't know anything about Narcotics Anonymous. Sure. But obviously after hearing what I've heard, it's obvious to me that the program is all spiritually bent. It wants to come together on spiritual grounds. And so I don't... Yeah, whatever that I, is I to you, it is a spiritual see, basis. I don't see right or wrong in it. Yeah. But uh, one thing I will say that I kind of uh, chuckle about is another thing that happens in AA is you get people getting on the grandstand and love and tolerance is our code. Love and tolerance, you know, that's our code. And, and, yeah. and as soon as, I, <laughs> as somebody comes in that, uh, hard and fast alcoholic don't like. Well, all of a sudden, well, we don't allow drug addicts in here, you know. <laughs> Which always that cracks me up because if alcoholism is indeed a drug and, and Alcoholics Anonymous, the organization, believes it is, the American Medical Association believes it is, if alcohol is a drug and you're addicted to, addicted to it, you are a drug addict. So you're kind of contradicting yourself. I said that to uh, our friend Dave N. years ago. Um, cause he was going off on that. I, I said, I said, Dave, are you addicted to alcohol? Yeah. Is alcohol a drug? Yeah. Well then you are a drug addict. He did not like that. <laughs> yeah. He did not appreciate that whatsoever. Well, we need to get back to like remembering where we came from. Right. Right. Because we all needed someone to care about us and, and extend the hand of, uh, a friendship a fellowship. and yeah. love mm-hmm. and, you know, not judge us. And I mean, a lot of times that's why we ran away from uh, re- religion, organized religion, is because, you know, even though, again, they, you know, in some areas, right. say, yeah, uh, judge you, even though they say we don't judge you. And it's the it's, same thing kind of happens in, in the it room. It does, doesn't it? And yeah. I, um, <laughs> this is a big uh, a kind of a pet peeve of mine is that we need to, I think, remember where we came from so that when the newcomer comes in we don't impose these crazy beliefs you know like i had a i started this meeting um over in wisconsin and we had we were trying to add people we moved it to a different facility and we added a, a bunch of trusted servants to help uh run the meeting and this girl came in one day, and it was the only meeting that was going on. It was an AA meeting. And half the the crew in there was also in NA. And she came in, and she said, you know, uh, I'm so-and-so, and I'm an alcoholic addict. And uh, she was pulled aside by somebody that, you know, is uh, <laughs> lovingly referred to as one of those NA Nazis. Yeah. Right? And she basically told her, she said, if you're going to come here, uh, you need to address yourself as an, as an alcoholic. If you can't do that, you need to go to an NA meeting. And that about crushed this girl, and she ended up going and relapsing that night and was in, ended up in a coma in the hospital for like two weeks and almost died. And I'm not saying it was this person's fault, but it, all it would take is some someone to show a little kindness, 
and not judgment. Absolutely. I don't care. The only requirement Absolutely. for membership to any of these fellowships is a desire to stop is doing whatever desire it is. to stop yeah. using. Yeah. Or drinking, whatever you want to call right, it. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. No, I get no, a little no, no, excited no, no. on this because there's people out there that stop going to meetings and stop going to, going to you know, to church. And church, all churches, is, is a building where like-minded people yeah. go for fellowship. Same, you know. And so when people start putting their own personalities in, in the spin all of this, I, I just get really heated and it gets really it really irritates me. And and, and so the so the, the comeback for that sometimes, oftentimes, when a person goes out and relapses because a person was was quite frankly cruel to them, is is people will say, Well, they need to learn to be able to just suck it up and they can't blame that person for using. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes a person isn't capable of doing that yet. Right. They've been chewed up and spit out, uh, you know, and like multiple Mar- times. And like Marv said, and it is a different culture. Pe- people that are, are, for the most part, addicted to narcotics, um, there, there is a different culture there, uh, you know, to a great degree. And, and so you have a lot, a uh, lot more of, now there's, a, there's a lot of people that are homeless that are alcoholics, but, when it comes to all the narcotic abuse that's going on today, the epidemic of it, particularly in the opiate arena, you you have people that have been chewed up and spit out by the streets. They walk into a meeting. All they, all they know is they want help. They don't know what. They're at the end of their rope. And some knucklehead says, take that cotton out of your ears and shove it in your mouth. You have nothing to say. And if you're not going to refer to yourself as this, then you need to go somewhere else. That guy... That to me is that is a spiritual behavior, but it isn't right. the good kind. Right, it comes from the pits of hell, and I and I don't tolerate it. I will not tolerate. It. So, well, it's so, hard to know if for people that are struggling with, you know, a drug addiction, you know, apart from alcohol, yeah, right, to even start this whole process a lot of times because alcohol is accepted. Right? right, you're almost. It's okay for you to be an alcoholic these Wait, days. And in some jobs, you're expected at three o'clock. They bring the card out for you to start. You know, it, it, in law offices, construction. I mean, yeah, it's promoted. Dude, the, the, well, I had this one job that I, I never forget. This I had like a Christmas party, and like earlier on the day, everyone brought in their gifts, right? Because they exchange right. gifts. This is like all the all the leads. Yeah, and here's a freaking table that it's like. Fifths of gallon jugs of whatever alcohol you can imagine, with a little bow stuck on each one. Yeah, and that's what they traded. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What?" I was thinking, "Like, where the hell did I end up?" <laughs> but yeah, I was like, "Crazy!" Like, this is a you know culture that we allow ourselves to be into, and it's accepted to be you know it's more accepted to be an alcoholic than it is to uh, be addicted to uh, say opiates. You know, after uh, maybe you got a an accident or an operation and prescribed opiates. And now you've, you've kind of got, you know, you've got yourself, you know, hooked on them. Margie, let me, let me ask you a question as, as a, as a woman um, who is living in recovery, have you found, have you found there's a, there's a different attitude towards the female in recovery than the male in recovery? I mean, because there was a time in Alcoholics Anonymous, women were not allowed in the meetings. In fact, African-Americans weren't allowed in the meetings years and years and years ago. Do you find that there's a different 
Or do you feel like you're everything's okay? Uh, well, you know, I started back in Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, let's see. Like uh, 25 years ago. And, yeah. You know, back then, I think there may have been a difference. There was just less of us women. And um, I know, I, I felt, I think we were treated like really fragile, like fragile beings. Mm. And, and uh, which I'm sure we were, but I think everybody probably was. And, uh, but as times as time has went on, you know, I feel now that uh, I I believe that it's pretty much fifty fifty with um, men and women in the program, and uh, I know that it is just women with substance abuse problems, yeah. addiction, alcoholism uh, has the number has just skyrocketed. Um, I'm not sure why exactly, but uh, it has and. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like I'm treated any different in um, Good. the meetings because I'm a woman. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. Well, I I just have to, you know, I I know because I I work with uh, women right you know, as a counselor, and I I've heard some stories. You know, people you get that, that are serious sometimes? about being in recovery. They go to a meeting and right. they get they get hit on at a meeting, and it's like, you know, I come here for recovery, not as a dating site, you know what I mean? Right. And, uh, they call what they call it 13 stepping, you know, sure, they, sure. people joke about all the time. I think it's unacceptable. Um, so it's, it's hard, uh, to find a really, this is what I've been told, right? It's hard to find a really good, uh, NA meeting for women. I know there's a, there's a good one, uh, in, in Corvallis, um, that I, that's what I hear. I'm sure there's more out there, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's a few and far between. I went and looked some up to try to give you know, some resources out, and there's um, it's probably not as many as there, there should be. And I think part of that is there's there's still some, you know, there's still people out there. It's it's like kindergarten, come on, or high school, right? What's high school like? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. With 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 uh, boys and girls, I'm going to say I'm not going to say men and women, but. Well, you and know. you know, and, and, and yeah. So <clears throat> let me touch on this, and we're almost out of time. But but here's the interesting thing too: is there's this stigma that thirteen stepping is about guys hitting on women. Let me tell you, it's there has been plenty of gals hitting on guys before. Right. I've been hit on by other guys because we have a whole new different culture now with with the, that that is i mean it's always been there but it, it is way more prevalent and, and people are much more open about the same sex attraction uh culture uh within our recovery fellowships right and and so it isn't 37 just isn't, isn't you know guys in on gals but i i've watched this one gal this this friend of mine welcomed her to the meeting he was the door greeter and she came, she came, you need to tell him to not hit on me. He wasn't hitting on her. He shook his hand and was friendly. It, it, it's it's crazy. Th- things have gotten bizarre. And uh, it comes back again to how it works. It's still how it works. Right? These are the same steps, the same principles. Um, there may be more of a focus on a monotheistic God within the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. But there are plenty of there's plenty of people that believe that way in Narcotics Anonymous. 
I have heard things uh, that in Narcotics Anonymous, there's more dances and more campouts and people have more fun. Alcoholics Anonymous are kind of sticking the muds. I don't know. I I've don't been to find ca- that. Yeah. I've been to campouts and dances and stuff uh, that Alcoholics Anonymous sponsored. Plenty of them. You know, again, a lot of it can depend on what part of the, the country you're in. Well, it depends you know, on how flavor. involved you want to be, too. Because I know. Sure it does. It, back, back when I was, you know, going to meetings all the time, there was stuff going on in every, just about every fellowship. Mm-hmm. You know, or everybody was invited to every other's fellowship. Right. And if you were bored, it was your own fault. Because there was stuff going on at least two or three nights a week. Yeah. Yeah. So so I want I want to tell you guys this story uh to to close here, which is I, I still find one of the funniest things that I've ever witnessed in my life. Um there was a twelve step meeting building, let's put it that way, not too far from here, several years ago, um, where uh on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays Alcoholics Anonymous met in that building on uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturday, and Sunday. Narcotics Anonymous met in that building, right? They had each group had its own service structure, you know, uh, their GSRs and, and secretaries and all that kind of thing. Uh, and each group had its own business meeting. The interesting thing about this is that there was um, a real focus constantly being brought up because they both met in the same building that they absolutely were not affiliated with each other, which is true, right? We don't, we're not affiliated with any program that's like this. The interesting thing is, is every single member of the AA group were the members of the NA group. <laughs> Every single one. So they'd have a business meeting, an AA business meeting, right, where they would vote on something they wanted to do with the building or, or improvements they wanted to make or, or, or dances they wanted to do. And then they'd turn around and have the business meeting for the NA meeting, and they would argue about what the AA business meeting wanted to do versus what they wanted to do. And it was the same people <laughs> it was the most bizarre and so then they, they decided they were going to have a combined potluck somebody from um the area one of the area service reps from from na i thought he was going to have a cow you can't have a combined potluck but we're the same people <laughs> so we'll just call it something other than an aa or na combined that well, you can't do that either uh, i mean I, it was bizarre I, I, didn't they come up with a there's a there's a group out there called all recovery anonymous or something probably yeah <laughs> from probably stemmed from similar <laughs> yeah I, I i think we get i mean i get i get the separation but i think we take sure. things a little too far sometimes so step 12 in both fellowships having had a spiritual awakening as what a result of these steps we tried to carry this message too, and you can fill in the blank, and to practice these principles in all our affairs, all our affairs. 
whether it's meetings, whether it's business meetings, whether it's your job, whether it's your your church, synagogue, whatever, in all your affairs, you're trying to do, including your communication with each other. Uh, if your buddy's an NA guy and you're an AA guy or somebody's a CR guy or somebody's an Alcoholics for Christ guy or whatever. I think, isn't that it, covered in all your affairs? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah, but except this because that's not right. Blah 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 blah. You know, oh, you know. Again, this all goes back to personalities. <laughs> it does. And yeah. So, Marv. Yes, sir. Give us some cowboy wisdom here. What do we do about all this as we close out the show? Can we do anything, or do we just trust God and love people? Oh boy. <laughs> but Marvin is by. <laughs> Um, 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 no foot, no horse, no foot, no horse. Explain that. Well, if you don't have a foundation, it's all going to fall down. Yeah. And we have a foundation. We just need to use it. Yep. Yep. There you go. Yep. There you you, you go. All right. Very good. Good show. Thanks everybody. Uh, our, our closing song, by the way. Um, listen to the end of the songs and you'll know how to get the song, uh, how to be able to purchase <laughs> that or the CDs uh, as well. Uh, our closing song is by Mark Elder and it comes from his CD, Just For Today, A Journey in Recovery from Addiction. Uh, it's entitled Dancing with His Demons. Here's Mr. Mark Elder. A drink, then he denies he's dancing with his demons tonight. He's time from everyone he loves, cause they don't understand. Now, whiskey's all that he's got left, it's his only friend. Insanity, he clouds his sight, he's dancing with his demons tonight.
Mark Elder from his CD, Just For Today, A Journey in Recovery from Addiction. To get this CD and Mark's other music, go to cdbaby.com and type in Mark Elder in the search bar. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs>